This podcast is brought to you by the Amateurs Fantasy Sports Network. Hello, and welcome to the second last episode of the preseason team by team previews. Uh, today we're going to do the Broncos. It's Mark and Ryan and Rob here, as uh, as usual, boys. The Broncos, last year's choke artists. I mean, grand finalists. Um, <clears throat> what what what? You know, for the fortunes of the Broncos, Ryan, in twenty twenty four, they they lose three starting players. They replace them with nobody. Um, what, what's your feel? Because I, I, I think we're, maybe we've got the Broncos a bit too high, to be completely honest. I mean, they've retained a lot of the key pieces, I suppose, is what the uh, the upside here is. Like, they've kept uh, the spine intact. They've got Paddy Carrigan and Payne Haas. So, so I suppose that's the upside there. Um, like, in theory, uh, as good as Herbie is, a, a centre shouldn't hurt your chances that much. Um and to be honest, I feel like getting rid of Kate Wall was probably a good move. Um, so, but look, I, I think it is there for the Broncos. Um, whether they can make a deep finals run again, I don't know. But I, I think they've got the pieces there to at least be competitive. Yeah. I, I, what about what about you, Rob? I, I sort of see them more as a fringe top eight team than I do a uh, a top four side. Is maybe where I'm I'm at. No, I still think they're going to be in the top four. I, I think I agree. I, I think I have to be a Kurt Capewell guy now because he's playing for the Warriors. But um, I agree with Ryan as well that if you lose a centre, it's not necessarily the end of the world. But are you thinking, Mark, that it's more of just a they all overperformed last year? Um, yeah, well, the the Broncos did. They performed really, really well, and a lot of things sort of went well for them. Herbie was, I think, an underrated like player in their team. Uh, Kate, well, I'm phenomenal. sort of in agreement, yeah. but Pierker is sort of pretty untested. And then um, Flegler, I think, was, you know, a, a really nice foil for them. Which you know they're really going to need to get some someone to step up out of. You know, I mean, Kobe Hetherington's just kind of not really that player, and. You know, obviously yeah, there's some raps on uh, Willison, and I mean Corey Jensen is who he is. You know, it really needs to be uh, Fletcher Baker, but I mean he's. You know, we're talking about replacing a state of origin level prop with Fletcher Baker. Um, although you know, not being able to get minutes at the Roosters in that pack is not necessarily a negative reflection. So, I mean, I uh, Marty Tapau is is a guy, but he. I mean, he's you know very on the wrong side of the age curb. So, yeah. See, I've got that feeling about Newcastle. I feel like you could, a lot of what you said could also be said about Newcastle in terms of like guys having career years. They've lost a couple of key pieces, but I digress. This isn't the night's podcast after all. Yeah. Well, Dom Young scored a lot of tries last year. Oh, so many tries. Yeah. He's the big one, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. I, I, I get it. Um, yeah, I, I like I, I like to think we're going to see a big rise from the Roosters and the Rabbitohs and the Eels. I don't like that, actually, but I, that's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> um, 
And I think the Broncos, the Warriors, and the Knights maybe are going to come back to earth a little bit. Although I, I'm out of those three teams, I think the Knights are going to be the best. But yeah, they definitely need somebody to replicate what Dom Young did for them last year to to get that. So we'll see how that sort of shakes out. But I mean, fantasy perspective, Reese Walsh starts at off. He had a really good season last year. He's a fringe keeper, not quite there. Forty eight break even, really good season. Obviously. Um, there is some fantasy upside in terms of taking more kick meters on or getting the goal kicking or something like that. But, I mean, Adam Reynolds is there unless he's injured. Um, and then even then they add Jock Madden and 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 Katoni Staggs takes on the goal kicking. So, I mean, you know, realistically you'd need a long-term sort of end-of-season injury for Reynolds to give Walsh a couple of extra kick meters to nudge him into Top-level keeper territory. I know Rob, a couple of episodes ago, which definitely wasn't like an hour ago, was saying he might be the second top wing fullback, but I think maybe he might have had a, a brain aneurysm there. I think there's a world where he is a top three wing fullback. Yeah. just He's just he's phenomenal to watch. But you're, I think it's the... It's probably the consistency that would get him. It's like he'd be getting... Mm. He could get 60s. Like his, his ceiling is really high. But he, he also is really young and and can still have games where, you know, the moment might get too 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 much for him um, and he might get a low score. So, I yeah, I just think I'd rather have him. I think I'd rather have them him than Tedesco. Um, but yeah, perhaps perhaps he's not a top three. Perhaps that was a slight aneurysm. Perhaps top five. I'd feel more comfortable about. Mm. So uh, I guess what I'm really curious about is. The seven against the Titans in 80 minutes. That's it, eh? That's the kind of... The the, the moment gets too much for him. Because yeah. we just know he is... Like, he's a bit of a larrikin. He's a bit of a, like, hasn't quite got his footy IQ developed yet. Mm. Um, and it's his, his... His, like, eyes up play is phenomenal. But I think when he gets in his own head... He really just just loses it a bit, um, and we saw a bit of it at the end of that grand final for sure. There's no doubt that the uh, the two and a half errors a game on average is a problem. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and but I mean th- he's that is the type of player that he is. But if you look at the three games where he four games, there's four games where he had at least four errors, which is a pro- which is a you know obviously the Rabbitohs. Attacking team, Titans attacking team, the Rabbitohs again, um, and the Eels. He had – oh, and the Titans. What's that? Five. Five times he had four or more errors in a game. That is like mm. – that's really impressively bad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if he can turn those five or four error games into like two or three errors and get it down to like, you know, 1.5 even a game, you know, that will add – you know, two points to his score, and then it nudges him in a 50. And then he's got, in this game, five missed tackles, five errors, and two penalties. And that's off the back of, straight off the back of Origin 2, which is maybe not a good reflection. But, I mean, he also had no real attacking stats in that game. Did the Broncos lose that game? Yeah, which game was 18-12 to the Titans. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he was no tries, no try assists, no line breaks, no line break assists. One tackle bust, one offload to hand, one offload to the ground. Yeah, it's pretty pretty poor. I mean, if you if, even if you just wiped that seven out, um, and his next lowest score after that is twenty three, which is probably about right. But I mean, Trebojevic has single digit games 
Tedesco sort of doesn't really have him anymore. But I mean, if he just grows a little bit while she, you know, turns those, you know, turns that two point four into a one point four, and you know, he only had a, I mean, one point one tries. This is really high, um, but the tries are forty percent, which is, I mean, Hamaso was ninety percent. So I mean, there's his passing is among the best. Like, is a is just a pure ball player. His oh, yeah. his like vision is phenomenal. Like yeah. that pass he does, that like long pass to the edge to the winger, mm. is just like among the things in the game. To yeah, watch. the thing but is, there's right. there's a couple of players in the NRL that are willing to take risks that other players are not willing to take, and you got with that is going to come errors and intercepts and that sort of stuff. That's right. So there's That's there's it. the three players that come into my mind is Reese Walsh, Scott Drinkwater, and Cody Walker. No, uh, Latrell is kind of maybe a little bit more um, – Latrell's silky and Tim with Ponga, but they mm. they don't take the calculated risk as much, I feel. Yeah. You know, like there's a difference. Like Scott Drinkwater is like – he would throw a pass with a blindfold on, mm. like same with Reese Walsh, whereas I don't think that Ponga and Latrell would – they they would their, their instinct would be run first. Yeah. Like if you look, if you look at Latrell, he had zero point eight errors per game last year, and his highest error rate of the year came in his very last game that he played of the season. Whereas you know Reese Walsh, he so <laughs> Latrell biggest game of errors was three, and Reese Walsh had six games or whatever where he had four or more errors. So in mm. in a similar sample, so they're just a different. It's just like willing to throw that pass. Latrell, I think would. Dummy and go himself, and Ponga would do the same. Whereas I think Welsh is a, a pass first, same with Scotty Drinkwater, and and mm. Cody Walker can can throw that pass as well. Although he's been he's been intercepted enough times in critical moments that you think he'd learn his lesson, but you know those guys kind of maybe don't. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see Reese Welsh develop into a gun player. He's a Queenslander, so obviously that's you know, a good thing um, that it, he becomes good and, you know, we've got a nice little, you know, vein of, of really quality options there. Um, yeah, just looking at even just like Cody Walker, who's a perennial, um, you know, thrower of dangerous passes and it's all just zero one two zero one two one three. It was the first four, uh, four years into his, season, his career, he had his first four era game and Walsh had, you know, five or six last year. So, yeah, I, I, I wonder if maybe that's a, just a blip on the radar, um, you know, and who knows? If it's 1.8, it goes to 52 or something like that, and, he, you know, we're looking silly talking about him as not being a keeper. So one to watch, probably a draft option, not someone for uh, for classic. Uh, moving into the rest of the back line, uh, the centres sound like it's going to be Katoni Staggs and Selwyn Cobbo who's going to move in there from the wing and then, the wingers is an opportunity fantasy wise for the for the Broncos with Jesse Arthur's more than likely taking one wing spot, and I mean twenty five. I think he's a four or five points of value guy. Rob, uh, you know, like high twenties, very very low thirties on the wing. Yeah, I'm I'm the same as you. He's in a lot of teams, and I think it's just because he kind of was quite good at the end of last year, um, mm. and there perhaps wasn't necessarily a lot of options. There might still be not a lot of options in that kind of price bracket, but hopefully there's someone cheaper and there almost certainly will be. Yeah, I think so. 
And then, um, I mean, the other wing is is potentially either Dean Mariner or uh, Corey Oates. Uh, obviously, Dean Mariner would be really nice given the the, the options at centre. Um, one thing I will bring up is, uh, oh, hang on, I'm just going to make sure there's actually a difference. It looked, yeah, he was better on the right wing, Arthur's, which is surprising. I thought he was better on the left, but there you go. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem to make much of a difference which side he plays on. Um, Ryan, do you think there's any chance that we get Dean Mariner on the wing, or you think it's going to be Corey Oates? Uh, I mean, the mail is that it looks like Corey Oates is going to get the first crack. Um, and Kevy tends to go with, uh, you know, the, the more experienced guy. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, maybe Mariner will end up being the, uh, you know, the, the round seven or eight cash cow we need. So, mm. um, yep. yeah. But, uh, you know, there's, there's value there if he does get his chance, especially if the Broncos keep firing. Hopefully, uh, you know, maybe uh, we get the the Roosters, Rabbits, Panthers, Storm first five rounds there out of the way and then Mariner comes in and he can take on the Dolphins, Raiders and Tigers up here. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, get the get the bad ones out of the way and then, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe they look to move Cobbo back to the wing and shift him to the centres. We'll see what happens there. Uh, in the Haas, Ezra Mam seems to be attracting some attention for a reason that I don't quite understand. Um, half with a 65% try scoring rate, averaging 32.4 last year, priced at 33. Uh, I don't see any path to him short of, you know, completely changing his role, becoming fantasy relevant, Rob. No, I think he's a he's a good NRL player, but... Um... I mean, apart from when he was bargain basement, hasn't really been fantasy relevant at all. Mm. There's just too many players taking points off him, Reynolds mainly, but also Reese Walsh. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I can't really see much. I can't. Re- I certainly can't see high 40s. I can see a slight bit perhaps like into the into the mid to high 30s maybe, but it needs a lot of things to kick right and I I think it's just because he's cheap. I think that's why he's on a lot of teams. And people know who he is. He's just signed a big contract. He was good in the grand final. He hasn't um, actually signed it yet, I don't think. I, I think he hasn't it's just signed the, the deal. A, I think it's just a rumoured deal. I don't just think it's rumor. actually yeah. Yeah, officially yeah. a deal. Yeah. So uh, let, me, let me ask you, I don't know if you guys have cheated on this and looked already. What do you think Ezra Mam's ownership percentage is as of right now? Oh, it's going to be too high. I'll go 19. Right, I feel like it's going to get higher. I'll say, I'll say fifteen. Yeah, Rob was actually very close to the pin. It's eighteen point four percent. Ooh, crazy! Crazy. That's mad, eh? That is just a a recognizable half under five hundred k, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Because what did he start at last year? He's he's a. uh, Yeah, I think so. About the same. He's he's actually a higher percentage ownership than Kyle Flanagan is. Crazy. Um, all right. Into the forwards. Payne Haas. Payne Haas is in a lot of teams, like 40-something percent of teams, 45% of teams. Boys, I haven't had Payne Haas once this preseason. I don't get it. doesn't make sense to me. I'm like an old man shouting at a cloud. Um, I realize I've just com- completely omitted Adam Reynolds because he, uh, you know, I, I don't feel that. That needs any discussion. Um, 
Payne Haas. Ryan, are you you're I know you're a head to head man. Uh a resident Payne Haas man. I don't know you <laughs> what what do you think? What why is he in so many teams? I mean, is this uh, your your game theory from last year coming out where people wanted to get jump on the mid with no buys before Origin? Maybe have that captaincy option. The, the okay, Cleary okay. naysayers, maybe I don't know. Um, or locking down that very expensive vice captain. I don't know. It's it's funny. Think I was thinking about it today. Actually, like this time last year. Um, like his ownership probably would have been about half this because there was so much like stock put into the narrative around his mum and like how oh, pain for some reason say. wouldn't wouldn't be as good as yeah. he was last year. His mind's all in funny the game. In hindsight. Yeah. yeah, so funny to think about in hindsight. So yeah, I don't know. This yeah. this year he's he's full freight and everyone wants to be on. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it at all. It's just like you know, and this year it's actually the complete opposite to Murray. I mean, Where last last year we couldn't sell Murray. To anybody, <laughs> but um, he bloody he, Murray was coming off a career high, and Haas was down, and now it's the opposite, and everyone's on Haas, and nobody's gotten Murray. Is is it potentially that people are thinking they're going to get a uh, you know closer to seventy? Average middle um, to begin the year. Like you look at some of the games where he was around Origin time, and he was, you know, playing fifty six. You know, some of the some lower minute games in there. Maybe uh, uh, I don't know. Like there's a forty six minute game there in round seventeen. Um, yeah. But is that just a? He played a fifty six minute game in round four, though. Yeah, that's true. I guess forty six in know. round five against the Titans and scored. 73 points like is that just the broncos being rampantly dominant he averaged 69 in the opening six rounds last year or something like that mm. um 63 62 65 70 73 77 66 before he went on a quite unquote unquote quiet patch 57 50 86 against the storm without a try 56 47 93 uh, and then, you know, he's got a bit of ho-hum, actually. Uh, he finished out the year pretty quiet, actually, really, 51, 75, 55, 54, 83, 70, sorry, 49, 48. So I don't know what that last seven rounds would be, but I think that I, I think that's sort of a bit lower. But, um, yeah, I, I just yeah, – it doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me to be, you know, overcapitalizing on that second player, although I – yeah, I realise that everybody that's listened, that's going to listen to me probably already has at this point. Rob, what do you think, mate? Are you you got a house in your team? Are you just sitting there quietly? I, I don't. I was just wondering, though, if before we kind of got these mid-options that we've started to look at a bit more, like Curran, um, uh, Totola, and those types of people, whether, some, whether people just want to lock down the mid with a guy that is going to be... A, like a keeper that you keep in your team for the whole year, yeah. Um, but I, I, I guess that, qu- I think that's why he's in everyone's team. I I don't I can't exactly make the argument. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're all like Mark. They're they're sitting there with their seven hundred k in their in their bank account, like burning a hole in their pocket, and they're like, "Well, stuff mm. it. I'm just going to grab the best player I can." Yeah, I mean the thing is between Haas, Cleary, and Hines, there's more than fifth, more than a hundred percent ownership. So it's not like, you know, people are just, that's the, but the, I mean, the cross section of Haas and Cleary is like 97% like ownership. So it may be that that's the case, except I've seen a bunch of teams, like every team I've seen this preseason has Haas and Cleary in it. So I know that's not what's happening, but you know, you look at the, um, 
the the final seven games of the year, he averaged fifty nine points. Mm. And you know, it's it's not like he had a. It was all at the start. It was all at the start and in the middle, and then after that ninety three against the Knights, he sort of just went back to what we've seen from him in the past, which is uh, like mid fifties average with a couple of boom game boom games to push him into the low sixties which is what I think he'll do this year. What I don't think is I don't think you're going to get 60, 60, 60, 70, 70, 70, 60, 60, like to open the year. Like uh, like it's, there's going to be that 55, 51, 54, because he's not going to get those big attacking stats like straight up. I mean, there's a lot of base in, in this, but that's pretty normal for Payne Haas. I just, I just think we're going to see a, a touch regression on the attacking Stats. I mean, he only played fifty nine minutes on average last year, so it's not like he was a, um, you know, you know, a big minutes. It's just purely he was just way higher on the PPM and attack than than previous. And I think that's going to come back to where he's been. For the they rest. are losing Flegler though. But does that not mean that he's going to have to be doing more grunt work and less uh, running off the back of two quality hit ups from two state of origin heroes? <laughs> I mean, I just don't think his game is just being a. I, I, no one is arguing that he's not going to be the best prop in the game, right? Or like top two. Yeah, no, Little that's thing. not what I'm. That's like, not what I'm saying. What I'm saying it, is he, he can't sustain a one. But he's already priced games. incredibly high, and yeah, um, starting with guys this this expensive, there's usually only one way they can go, and that might happen yeah. with Cleary too. But it's hard to justify that when it's when you've got two of them. Um, yeah, but yeah, like if if, if we're if we're looking at him going, oh, he, you know, he 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 had one game where he scored one point one minute. Other than that, he averaged sixty two, and he's priced at sixty. Wheels up, no problem. That, but you know, that's not like like Ryan, what you're saying with Harry Grant. He had a couple of games where he got rested. Outside of that, mm-hmm. he had a, a pretty good pretty good year. Mitchell Moses is another one, averaged fifty seven. That's where he's priced. But you know, if you take out the two games where he got injured or whatever, he averaged sixty two. You know, like jump on like you're going to spend up on a vice captain. Get someone like that. You know, you don't get somebody who's priced at their career high average. You know, as you've someone you're not even getting a captaincy from that's got no value. And the only way their pricing goes down. That's my that's my take. But anyway, you guys will do what you want to do. Nobody listen to me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Just about cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was so long ago that we recorded that episode. I know. I was just thinking about it fondly and, and laughing, mm. reminiscing back to the good old days. <laughs> uh, Pat Karen Carrigan's going to be a middle forward, and then Fletcher Baker Ryan is another one. He's come across from the Roosters, who you know, feels like ages since we spoke about them. Um, you know, he's coming in. He seems to be. You know, he's got some sort of groin injury, but he seems to be the most like for like replacement for Flegler and. You know, a 40-minute roll at a 26 break-even for a guy with a pretty strong PPM looks pretty appealing. Oh, yeah, for certain. Um, I mean, his PPM has always been quite good, you know, tickling the underbelly of uh, one last year. Um, if he's able to replicate that, he doesn't even need a particularly big minute roll. Like 40 minutes will do the trick. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think if he's named to start round one, um, yeah, it looks wheels up to me. Um, similar thoughts yep. with you or? Yeah, no, absolutely. This team has a couple of pretty straight bat options here. Um, so Fletch, Fletcher Baker, if he na- if he's named to start, I really like him. And then the other one, I, I think he'd be a really nice 
17, 18th man loop dude. You know, like you plug, because he's playing the Vegas game round one, you put him in your 18 slot. If he gets a pretty good score, you, you know, you put your Tigers player in the 17. If he doesn't, you roll your dice on a Raiders outside back or something like that. It's kind of how I'd like to treat him week to week. Mm. No, I like it. Yeah, just to say 35, I think, is is sort of, you know, how I'm going to view him. And he's got some upside too. I think he started pretty strong last year from memory. Um, maybe that was Egan Butcher. There's a few guys that are pretty similar at the Roosters. Uh, and, Rob, the other guy, pretty straight back, Brennan Piakura. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked about um, Kurt Kate Paul leaving to the Warriors, opens up a spot for the young guy, Piakura. Um, 29, break even, I think. Uh, yeah, he'll be in a lot of teams. I haven't looked at his ownership recently, but um, yeah, he looks he looked fun last year. Um, nothing massively special, but he just doesn't have to do that much, price that low to make 10 points of value. So um, wheels yeah. up Piakura as well. <clears throat> He's really like the Jackson Ford of this year. Yeah, I think that's right. I think not, not a sexy pick, but... Um, just has been thrust with an opportunity that um, mm. means that we all have to grab him, which is fine by me. Yeah, and I mean his his main competition looks to be Xavier Willison, who's even cheaper. So you know if something happens. And to is him, he not on him. mid? Oh, I think he's an edge slash mid. Like right. I think I, I know that's what his name does as a fantasy, but I think that's where he actually plays. I know Carrigan played some edge last year too uh, when they were really short. So I hope, let's hope that doesn't happen again. But yeah, Piakura seems a you know straight pretty sort of straight bat. Even if he fouls, everybody's going to have him, so it doesn't matter type of guy. I think he's like forty something percent. He might be like the third or fourth highest. He's lower ownership than Haas, which is just ridiculous. But he's he's forty two and a half percent. So. Um, Jordan Rickey's going to play the other edge. Billy Walters is going to play hooker more than likely. Kobe Hetherington um, is more than likely going to be the, the first player on the field. He's a big concern here for me as a, as a trap at the price, although he seems – I don't think he's pretty high ownership. His PPM is just really, really bad. Um, and he's only 2% owned, so obviously everybody else has worked that out too. Yeah, it's uh, there's the problem with like these type of PPM players compared to like you say a Fletcher Baker is like the, the margin for error is just so much slimmer. Um, yeah. If, yeah. If if they're not getting the required minutes every single week, then you're probably not going to be making any money. Whereas like at least say like Fletcher Baker's role normally is 45 minutes, right? Like if he has one week where he's a 35 minute guy, like you're not ripping your hair out. Like he's still going to be putting out a decent score more than likely. So yeah, yeah. Kobe Hetherington's like a 0.6, 0.55, 0.6 ppm guy, which is a yeah, big concern. So, oh no, 0.73. There we go. When playing 35 to 55 minutes. So he would need uh, 50 minutes to be a buy, which I, I don't think he's going to get. So, and then, um, yeah, Corey Jensen, maybe he's going to be there. Maybe it'll be Marty to Power. I don't think it's really relevant. It's, you know, going to be. To be the Pangai. <laughs> to be the Pangai. Bit of Xavier Willison, maybe some uh, Titan Smoothie or Corey Pakes on the bench. You know, who cares? Any uh, any further comments on the Broncos before we wrap it up, boys? No, just looking forward to buying Pangalay again. Can't wait. Get him back. No, good stuff. Got to do what, it every what, year. What's the amateur's motto on Pangai? If he does really well, you're welcome for the recommendation. If he does really poorly, too bad it's your own fault for picking him. That's yeah, buyer beware, I think. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. Now, I, I think this is all just a, a beat up similar to the uh, Joseph Suwali State of Origin gear where no one actually believes it's really going to happen. <sighs> Wishful thinking. Yeah, I know. Sorry, mate. I'm pro- sorry. Yeah. We might, we'll, just, we'll just get to power. It's a nice consolation prize. Yes. Kapow. Yeah. Kapow. All right. No worries. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to do one more team review where we go through our uh, number one ranked team, the Panthers. I know we're being very creative there, picking up number one. That's a straight bat if I've ever seen one. Uh, we'll see you next time we talk the Panthers. And uh, and then, yeah, we'll be, we'll be almost ready to go on the trials. Ooh, love you guys. This show was brought to you by good friends at Picklebet. You can support the show by changing your regular bookmaking provider to Picklebet and using the code AMATURES on your first deposit to let them know where we found you. Make sure to set a deposit limit because chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.